Welcome, Blood Brothers and Sanguine Sisters, to Deeply Discussing Dexter. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined by Aaron Caldwell. Hello. Brooke Merritt. Hello. And Zach Rowland. Hi, I guess. <laughs> and today, <laughs> we are discussing Season 6, Episode 10, Ricochet Rabbit. On this episode, 70 episodes down, 26 to go. Mm. Travis finds some uh. new disciples online. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> Deb tells LaGuerta to leave her alone or fire her. Angel gets crucified, crucifixed in the head. Oh, damn. <laughs> and, and Dexter finally lets Harry talk him into calling Miami Metro for help. What did you guys think of this episode overall? I'd like oh, to call Miami awful. Metro for help. Yeah, awful. Like, why would you ever call them for help? But this this episode, just like everything else, is just straight downhill. I really want to call Miami Metro and be like, "Hey, there's been a serious series of murders happening with this season of Dexter." (laughs) Sorry to interrupt you, Aaron. Well, I mean, at this point, Dexter has finally caught up with the audience because the. At this point, the audience had to have known that Geller wasn't really there. Like, I, I just can't imagine it not. But uh, they they give that big reveal at the end, and no one cares. No one cares at all in this episode. It's just, like, it basks in that apathy. I cared at the time. Like, I thought it was an interesting twist at the time. Geller was all in Travis's head. But then it it quickly doesn't work out. I seem to remember when it happened when I first watched being like, okay, that's cool, but they didn't do it very well. So I kind of, I remember having more of a like, okay, kind of response. I remember getting annoyed week after week because I'm like, why is Dexter not figuring out that this guy doesn't exist? Like, it's... But you figured out that Geller didn't exist before the reveal? Yeah. When you first watched it? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. It just... Yeah. I, I was. I don't give the show enough credit to like have clues about that stuff out there. There was any way of knowing. I just thought he was like always hanging out at Travis's sister's trash, waiting for him with a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> He's almost Oscar the trash can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me in. Hello, Travis. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, this, I mean, like, the very first scene here ruins it, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it starts with Dexter reiterating that Travis acted alone. Travis looks down into the hidden room and sees Dexter inspecting Geller's body. Dexter looks up and says, Travis, you killed Geller. Travis closes the trap door and puts the heavy altar back on top. And then Dexter witnesses Travis outside talking to invisible Geller and telling Geller that he didn't kill him. Travis's vision of Geller tells him that he did kill Geller, and it's time he faced the truth about himself. The show makes a joke with Harry, reminding us that Dexter also talks to people who aren't there. Travis' exposition dumps to Invisible Geller, 
It turns out that Travis stole the sword that got Geller fired. Travis stabbed Geller to prove that God had made him invincible, but it had killed Geller, and Travis has denied it and talked to invisible Geller ever since. Geller shows him his, <laughs> Geller shows him his wound. Right. It might be the cheapest, most pathetic effect ever. The skin is smooth, and there's a trickle of blood coming out of it. Travis says that Dexter killed Geller, and that Travis is going to finish what he started. Your scene is one of the worst of the entire show because it's yeah. just so lazy because it's just like, yeah, but then you did this, but then you said this, and then I said this. I mean, the worst exposition to fill in this story, just so lazy and terrible. It, like, it sounded like it was yeah. written by a fifth grader who wrote this story. Well, it... it it's a scene that it's like the writers were caught off guard with this information. Which they well, were. right. So. True. Very true. Yeah, yeah it's like, possible okay, that so Scott now you know Buck the big reveal. This scene yeah. Because he was the only yeah. one that knew all of this stuff. Um, that reads. That reads pretty pretty true. But this is, this is also where this whole thing fell apart because I thought the reveal was interesting. And I thought that now we were going to see Colin Hanks play two parts. I thought we were going to actually see him sometimes be Travis and sometimes be Professor Geller. And that he would have two different ways of acting and that um, Travis would actually regret things that Geller was doing. And Geller would be, you know, pious and pompous and all that kind of stuff. And no, it's just... uh, Geller like immediately becomes Travis's Harry and Travis immediately just like makes up a delusion to explain away the fact that it's like no I didn't kill you Dextra killed you and I'm going to finish what we started so I don't have to pretend I'm you anymore yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all, and it's so badly written. Yeah. Uh, so Dexter tells Harry he's no longer trying to save Travis. Congratulations, Dexter. Uh, Brother Sam was right about one thing, though. If you put your faith in the wrong thing, it can really fuck you up. And we're bringing Brother Sam back in. That was one of my lines that I picked. <laughs> I'm sure it was. I remember. <laughs> uh, D- Dexter finds a convenient escape path from the hidden room. There's like he just like looks to the left, and there's a staircase that goes up with like one little like twisty latch, and he's out. Um, Dexter tells Harry he's not going to let Miami Metro get Travis. He says he's mine. Uh, Dexter says the only way to kill a dark passenger is to kill the driver. Nicely done. Um, Dexter (laughs) cuts off one of Geller's hands to plant prints around the abandoned church and keep Miami Metro in the dark about Travis being the only killer, uh, which Harry calls ghoulish even for him. And what is with these hands? Like, there's always severed hands and, like, this weird fascination with hand stuff. (laughs) Dexter posts his Geller to Travis's blog telling everyone that it was a devil's errand to try and provoke Travis 
Travis is at an internet cafe, sitting a row behind a guy just straight up looking at nude women. Travis is searching for disciples. He goes past a couple of losers and picks one called Doomsday Adam. He then notices Dexter's post and comments that he's not fooling anyone. Yeah, internet cafes are a great place to look at nude women, let me tell you. I've been kicked out of several. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like the kind of, I mean, like, the only only worst place I could think of would be, like, at the public library. Oh, yeah. You're just out there like, yep, setting all my new bookmarks, (laughs) my favorites here. I've been kicked out of several of those, too. (laughs) (laughs) It says public. Get a Chromebook, dude. (laughs) Oh, so Um, I can get some of that free Wi-Fi they're all raving about? (laughs) There's so much free Wi-Fi over there. Like, miles of it. Two-mile radius. Two-mile. Like, give you you cancer just sitting in it. (laughs) All you have to do is, like, set up your IPA. Yeah. Yeah, just be sure no one finds your IPA. Miami <laughs> 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 um, Metro shows up at the abandoned church and finds the paintings. Deb gets anxious and goes out to get some air. Quinn is awakened when a sprinkler system soaks him, sleeping out at the side of his car. Dexter arrives at the abandoned church and Deb tells him that she might be having a panic attack. Dexter notices that the next painting in the series has Wormwood written on it, similar to the clue to Lot. Deb gets a call from Deputy Chief Matthews calling. Oh, that actually reminds me. We were talking last episode about what year this was. It was October of 2011 when it premiered, so by then phones would have been a little more advanced. Mm. But continue. <laughs> yeah. There, there are budget cuts that you know, they have to deal with at Miami Metro. Well, this this particular like ridiculous phone font, I think, went into effect in season four. So Rita calling, yeah, Rita calling was definitely <laughs> yeah. one of them. Uh, Masuka gives Dexter some blood to examine. Dexter finds a medicine bottle with Travis's name and the name of a Doctor Ben Carlson. Dexter sees a new message from Travis that he's going to quote fix his mistake. I really just wanted them to call him Dr. Ben Carson. Yeah, so close. That would have been so much better. Like, that would have been the best twist of the whole series. <laughs> Travis, the whole reason, the whole problem with Travis is that he was uh, mis- misdiagnosed and mismanaged by Dr. Ben Carson. <laughs> like, he's a brain surgeon. It makes sense. And it would have fit in with the whole Nebraska thing because, like, pyramids are grain silos and things like that. That's something that Dr. Carson said. So, grain silo. <laughs> Deep Everything cut. you just said make my, made my head hurt. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, Lewis and Jamie are having breakfast. Lewis wants advice about talking to Dexter about his game. Jamie says to just go for it, that Dexter's a big softie at heart. A uniform delivers the effects of the dead call girl to Deb with an earshot of LaGuardia. LaGuardia takes over the briefing, citing Deb's being so busy. Deb talks about the jars of blood, and Dexter realizes that he convinced Travis to let Holly, the originally intended Whore of Babylon victim, go free. She may be the mistake that he needs to fix. Lewis tries to talk to Dexter, but Dexter blows him off and runs out. 
Travis goes into his new disciple's house. The disciple has a wife, and they're both ardent Geller supporters. Travis says he needs a sign that they're fully committed. I think this is like um, this is like walking into a Trump supporter's house, and you're just like, "Oh shit! Now I get it. This is <laughs> this is the worst place on earth." <laughs> well, the best part was uh, Travis was dressed as Miguel. As the Unabomber. (laughs) 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 I've gotten a lot of use out of those dark hoodies. Can I I come in? I'm being hunted. It was probably the same props, too. You don't fuck me, I fuck you! (laughs) (laughs) Never gets old. (laughs) You don't fuck with me, Dexter. Is I will fuck back! Uh... (laughs) Dexter goes looking for Holly. Harry is convinced that she's long gone. Dexter says, come on, Holly, give me something I can use, and opens a drawer of sex toys. Then he says, something else I can use. Uh, Dexter finds the name of a boyfriend, Peter Grant. Dexter goes to Grant's house and finds his teenage daughter throwing a massive party. The daughter tells Dexter that Holly is Grant's sexretary, and she might be at Grant's yacht slash fuck pad. Um... This daughter is my spirit animal. (laughs) (laughs) She's like the one ray of sunshine in this episode. Yeah. Can you give her a message? Can you give her a message for me? (laughs) In like the most... Like, just... She was so not caring about giving that finger. Well, he asked asked if uh, the father was home. And she's like, do I look like I have adult supervision right now? (laughs) <laughs> I like that kid Yeah She's great I wish they would follow her For the rest of the, the rest of the show She becomes Dexter's protege Yeah Better series Instantly uh, We cut to Holly Confirming to an unknown person On the phone That she's allowed to crash On the yacht So that's covered uh, Travis and the two disciples Pull up in a car By the dock the yacht is called Ricochet Rabbit, the title of the episode. Travis walks into the yacht, and Holly sees him, and he says, Hello, whore. She runs to the other end of the yacht, where the disciples grab her and force her back inside. So yeah, for her, it's like, dude, make up your mind. You captured me, you let me go, now you're capturing me again. And she's like, not this place, this is the fuck pad! This is the fuck bad. I didn't bring my sex toys. <laughs> At least let me go back and get those. Yeah. Just give me one chance to prove it to you. <laughs> um, Quinn is asleep at his desk. Angel comes over to lecture him about his bad behavior. Deb asks if there's any progress. Mike found out that Dr. Ben Carlson died years ago, but he got a court order and has Travis's files. Um, we'll just skip over how fast and impossible that was, would have been. Um, he was on antipsychotics and has a history of psychotic breaks, delusions of grandeur, etc. The file also said that the doctor thought Travis caused the car crash that killed his parents. So, more exposition dump on Travis. It's like, yep, Travis is bad. Yeah, also, can we get Quinn a cot? I mean, he sleeps a lot in this episode. 
he has not slept on anything resembling a bed yet, though. Like he was on the floor, and now he's on his desk. Oh, uh, that's before because that he, before that he was on that old lady. Yeah, oh. that's because Deb reminds him of bed, and he just can't cope with it. <laughs> well, no, he's trying to reconnect with that one time that he and Deb had sex on the floor. Oh, in the house, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> in in the in the house where Rita died. Yeah, when they were like picking up after Rita. Putting up the blood. Got it. So, mm. Dexter looks at Holly's friend zone social media profile and finds a picture of her on the Ricochet Rabbit. Dexter tells Harry, I know this Marina. Um, I, I do want to give props to whoever came up with the social media site Friend Zone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's just too perfect. It's like Masuka must have Elliot created that. Subsidian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Better than the Elliot search engine. Yeah, much. Wait, you guys don't have profiles on Friendzone? Friendzone. I'm sure I have a profile there, but not by choice. <laughs> Consistently. For my, Consistently on that For side. my incel days. <laughs> um, Deb tells the therapist that she had an episode at the crime scene but that LaGuardia swinging her dick around in the briefing didn't even phase her. Deb realizes that she only goes to churches for funerals. She says that Dexter is her safe place and that she always goes to him when things get bad for her. Travis tells the disciples that they need to help him kill the whore to prove themselves. The wife doesn't want to. Travis cuts Holly's throat, which I would say kills her, and then the husband just stabs her to prove that he can. Yeah, I guess that proves loyalty. Maybe I don't know. This this episode, this (laughs) fucking episode. Nope, nope, there's no justifications here. Just dumb shit (laughs) happening. (laughs) There's so much I want to talk about, and I just I can't yet. Mm. Hmm. Dexter comes home. Jamie has to leave to see the Abbott brothers with Lewis. Lewis has a chance to show Dexter his game. He says that in the game you can choose to be a serial killer. You can be choose between Dahmer, Jack the Ripper, the Bay Harbor Butcher. Dexter says to himself, I am the Bay Harbor Butcher. Dexter tells Lewis that he finds the game offensive. He says, who would choose to be a serial killer? Dexter says he needs to find a new idea. Jamie asks Lewis what Dexter thought, and Lewis feigns illness and abandons her. Jamie says, still need a sitter? Yeah. Jamie has no emotions. She's just the babysitter. Just the eye candy babysitter. Yeah, poor poor Jamie. Just such a static character, and they they don't really give her anything. She's I know she's a much better actress than than Dexter, but I mean, not me not better than Colin Hanks, but you know, they're like (laughs) Well, I've seen her in other things, and she's fine. Yeah. She's currently in the show Lucifer, and she plays a very similar character. Um, she's always happy about everything. Yeah, that's, that's I, I just it. feel like her peak scene was her first scene when she came back from a dip in the pool and Angel was watching the baby. Like mm, That's the yeah. first time we see her. It's just like... Oh, yeah, Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, Dexter gets to the marina and finds that the yacht is gone. He uses his ninja skills to sneak into the marina security office and look at the video of the yacht before it leaves. He sees Travis driving the yacht away. He's able to track the yacht's location through a tracking service, and they waive the protocol of calling the police to protect Dexter, who's pretending to be Grant, from Grant's wife finding out about Grant's girlfriend taking the yacht. Miami. Some people die, some people get <laughs> murdered, and some people just pass protocol. Yep. Oh, you have a girlfriend? We'll, we'll help you out then. <laughs> that should be on like the commercial for this company, or whatever. Just being like, you have secrets to keep? We got your back. That's the, com- that's the commercial for Miami. The city of Miami. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, that's just Miami in a nutshell, uh, really. We got you covered. No one will ever find out what happened to you mm. here. Um, Travis has concocted some kind of explosive. He tells the disciples that they need to cover their tracks. The world will only end if they complete their tasks, and that they can't do uh, that. They can't do that if they are in jail. Deb looks through the dead call girl stuff. She finds a note from a flower delivery shop signed T. The florist confirms that the flowers were sent by Captain Matthews. She calls Dexter. He can't rush over, but Deb isn't mad. Her therapy is just working perfectly. Good. Lewis. Good. She found that chair, man. <laughs> she found the table. Or, she was yeah, sorry, for. table. Um, I think it was one of Holly's toys. <laughs> she found the womanizer, and <laughs> she's been happy ever since. Well, it's been a while. This responsibilities on Deb's plate now are endless. Um, Lewis shows Angel a post on the blog by Doomsday Adam Lewis has already figured out his real name and address Angel is impressed Angel can't get Quinn on the phone he knocks on the door and Beth the wife of the disciple answers Dexter finds the yacht and sees a man walking around in a hazmat suit he tries to M99 him but the man fights back Dexter stabs him in the heart and kills him but it's Doomsday Adam, the disciple, and not Travis. Beth tells Angel that the videos were a joke. Adam was trying to go viral, and she just wanted to be supportive. She tells Angel that she'll get the videos taken down and it won't happen again. And this is something that my wife and I do all the time. I I post completely insane videos of myself, and she just sits off camera supporting me. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as Angel is leaving, he notices a bookshelf full of Geller's books. Travis knocks him out from behind with a large crucifix, and Travis takes it as a sign that Miami Metro is where he needs to stage Wormwood. I was going to say, so, so now we're just supposed to believe that Travis is some sort of, like, like he's really good at doing what he does? I don't know. It's such a bizarre switch. Like, I'm, I'm yes. just so... Like I'm like, but he's acting one way and then he's another way and now he's doing this stuff and he's, yeah, just put Geller Travis back in there. Is, well, Travis is now he's full bore serial killer, brilliant maniac, has a plan, has it together, um, instantly adapts to telling other people what to do, which I mean this this was part of. This is a symptom of the problem of him not knowing where to go with this character. 
it's like he's like oh well now i'm the i'm the main villain of this show so i guess i'll act like the main villain of the show and it doesn't work for his character because we've never seen him act like this before whether he thought Geller was alive or not yeah, and we're just supposed to believe that every time that someone was killed or things were done by Geller, it was now Travis, and it's like, we're, it hurts my brain. Back on the Ricochet Rabbit, Dexter keeps looking for clues about where Wormwood will take place. He raises the anchor and finds Holly's body tied to it. Harry says Dexter has already blown it. Holly is dead and he killed the wrong man. Dexter has a little temper tantrum and kicks over the ingredients for some poison gas. Harry implores Dexter to call the police. Dexter yells at Harry, but then he calls the police and gives the location of the yacht and mentions the poison gas. That is the end of episode 10. And then there's a flash cut to the end of the season one where the cheer, the crowd's going wild and they're cheering Dexter on. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that's Yay. the end of the series. Yay, Dexter! <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was directed by Michael Lehman, who previously directed the movie Heathers, The Truth About Cats and Dogs, Hudson Hawk, and Airheads. For Dexter, he directed two episodes, this one and one in season seven, and he went on to do directing for the TV show Betas, American Horror Story, and Snowfall. The episode was written by Jace Richdale, Lauren Gusses, and Scott Reynolds, so it took three Three screenwriters to get this one uh, as nasty as they wanted it to be. The worst episodes, and it took three. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Jace Richdale wrote six episodes across the last three seasons. Lauren Gusses wrote 12 episodes spanning all eight seasons and is typically a a, a, a good uh, screenwriter on this show. She's typically reliable. And Scott Reynolds wrote 12 episodes between seasons 2 and season 8. Um, For them to get Michael Lehman to do a couple episodes, that's kind of a big deal. Like, he's a really well-known director. He's not just sort of yeah. like an average TV director, you know? So, And they gave him this piece of shit to direct. Yeah, I mean, I just, right. Jesus. That's like, a tragedy. He should have directed Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it would have helped. <laughs> Tarantino should have directed Nebraska. I agree with that. That would have been amazing. Um, so, what was everybody's best line of the episode? I, I actually liked one of the first lines. So, where where James almost just with without any emotion at all just is. You, you killed me, Travis. <laughs> you stuck me in the freezer. Yeah, no emotion. <laughs> it was... I laughed so hard when he said <laughs> that. I had to restart the episode like two or three times. You let me unbutton Kill my shirt Travis. for you, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that wound. Yeah. My God. Wound. It looked like he had like... Like when uh, drag queens like have they put like fake breasts on, like that's what the skin looked like. It looked like fake plastic skin and just like this little rivulet of blood that came out of it. <laughs> it was like the blood pack didn't break because he starts pressing. <laughs> He's on like it. pressing on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was. I think it was just watered down ketchup. Oh. Um. My best line 
was uh, a Dexter line where he says, it was a mistake to think any of this religious garbage could be an answer to my dark passenger. And you're like, yeah, that was a mistake. Everything you've done is a mistake. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's all a mistake. It's all a mistake. It's all your fault. Yeah. I went with um, when Harry says, talking to someone who wasn't there. Huh. When they're, when they're discussing Dex, or, uh, Travis and Geller. Yeah, that little joke they sneak into all of that exposition at the very beginning. They're like, oh yeah, there are other characters. There is a precedent for that on this show, isn't there? How about the worst line of the episode? I actually didn't run anything down on that one. I didn't either. <laughs> but I, I'm, I did. <laughs> Go ahead, Brooke. I have a combo. She's my dad's secretary, and your friend's a total slam pig. Ty from our favorite character yeah. in the episode. Oh. Yeah. S- total slam pig. I mean, it's best and worst at the same time. <laughs> okay. Well, and that, I mean, that pretty much clinches her for the performance of the episode. Though, oh, right? definitely. 100%. No, no doubt. Easy. Like, Easy else? call. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Unsupervised. A teenager having a wild party talking about secretaries. Ugh. Grade A performance. <laughs> it's really the slam pig statement that took her over, <laughs> the, over the top. No, it was the give my dad a message for me. Whoop. Here's the finger. Like, you put too much yeah. emotion into that. Like, calm it down. Just. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't act like a like a bitchy teenage girl. <laughs> I try and I try, Aaron, but I can't do it. Well, that'll do it, guys. Hey, two more episodes of season six. So many. It That's gets, so many. It gets so much more ridiculous from here. Mm-hmm. I'm calling in sick. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. It's You're stuck with this. You can't uh, stop. We're oh. all sick, Zach. How dare you? We infected you. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you on the next Deeply Discussing Dexter.